This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners with some really, really good information that will help you make a well-prepared game plan. Heck, you wouldn't go into a baseball game without a well-prepared game plan. Well, real estate's no different. Um, And part of that is assembling the right team, the right realtor, the right lender, home inspector, and such. And that's why each week on this show, we, we have different guests that help us Uh, help you form form your team. Well, today we have a couple of great lenders, local lenders here in the the studio. First, we have Nick Schneider of Yosemite Mortgage, which is a division of Sierra Pacific Mortgage. Good morning. Good morning. Great to be here. All right. And uh, Nick, you're from the area, right? From the area, born and raised in uh, the foothills of Oakhurst, and uh, yeah, raised my kids there, uh, went to high school there, and uh, been doing mortgage lending up there since 2005. So I'm surprised. You're old enough to have kids? I'm old enough to have kids, <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Great. Now, here's one that I know is old enough to have kids, and that is Paul Salazar, the branch manager of Sierra Pacific Mortgage. Good morning. Good morning, Don. How are you, buddy? Great. Uh, no, and actually, you look just as young. Um, now, how long have you been in the business? 25 years, September uh, this year. Okay, so you know a thing or two. A little bit. All right. Um, one big difference between Paul Salazar and myself would be the our offices. If you go into Paul Salazar's office, it is definitely orange and black. That is correct. San Francisco Giants through and through. All right. You go into my office, it's definitely blue and white. Los Angeles Dodgers. Well, well I understand that there's a pill for that. You can get a cure. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we can do after the show. All right. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, first of all, I, I want to say something from the realtor standpoint. It is so important for a buyer to get a local lender somebody that you can talk to. Um, and that's not to say that you can't get lucky and find somebody out of Michigan who gets on the phone. But I tell you what, it takes a little bit of luck. Um, and it is a team. And that's why when you have a local lender, local realtor together, and they probably know one another, like I've known you two for quite some time, it's easy to say, hey, what if our buyer did this or that? So you you can kind of come up with a game plan, just like in baseball. Hey, you know, what if we threw them three curveballs, high and tight, inside? Uh, So you come up with that game plan. And and 
That's the way it is in this business, too. And I totally agree with that. The reason why a local lender, the local realtor works very well together is because the accountability. When you deal with somebody that is, you know, by the Internet or out of state or whatever you, you, you have there, is that there's no really accountability. Um, they're in different time zones. Uh, they can't respond quickly. Um, the other thing is they don't know the area very well. And uh, I, I find that my borrowers that I have, and so I can, I know Nick will concur about this, is that we're very accountable. We're there for them, you know, almost to the point where it's like 24 seven, you know, and same, same thing with the realtors here locally, so. Yeah, yeah, and, and by accountability, I mean, I'm probably gonna see you at the gas station or the Grizzly game or, or on the radio show. <laughs> right. You've gotta be accountable. Um, Makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Sure does. Um, all right. So I'm glad we have a couple of lenders here today because I want to ask you about interest rates. That's far and away the big topic in real estate right now. Uh, what are rates like? What are they doing? And then eventually I'm going to ask you for your forecast. It's been a wild ride. You know, we started off early 2022, still in the 3% range on a 30-year mortgage. And then, of course, inflation started getting away from us and the Federal Reserve started hiking rates. I think we're up to, to nine rate hikes now over the last 12 months. And so uh, last November, end of 2022, we peaked at around 7% on a 30-year mortgage. Now they've started to settle back down. Um, Freddie Mac comes out every week with what they call a primary mortgage market survey. Uh, they issue them on Thursdays, and so the, the one that just came out most recently says 6.67 uh, 6 is the average 30-year fixed mortgage. And that's average, so you might get some folks that get a little better than that if they've got better FICO scores or bigger down payment. Um, some folks might get a little higher than that, say, if they're purchasing a, a rental property or have not as good uh, credit scores. So there is a range and different factors that go into a, an interest rate. But uh, in general, we're, we're finding ourselves in, in the 6% range overall. So what does down payment do to your interest rate? And if you have 3% down or 23% down, what, what well, do you Well, down payment basically means loan to value, the LTV. And like Nick said, some variables in uh, getting an interest rate for a client is uh, the down payment. If they put a smaller down payment, the interest rate might be a little bit higher because everyone knows in lending, it's about risk and trying to uh, uh, curtail the risk or make it a, a smaller risk situation. Whereas if you're putting a lot of money down, nobody's going to walk away from that type of equity that they're putting down. Whereas if you're putting all the things a little bit smaller down, you may say, well, you know what, I don't, I don't want to do this house anymore. And I'm going to let it go to foreclosure. Well, there's a risk involved. So the risk on a smaller down payment is going to be a little bit higher interest rate. Now, would the rate be this the same just that you're going to pay for the mortgage insurance or is it the actual interest rate too that is higher a little bit of both so mortgage insurance comes into that factor too it, usually if you don't have 20 percent down on a down payment you're going to have some form of mortgage insurance that you've got to factor in um, and then having said that i'd also point out that uh, you have some government-backed programs such as fha or the va or department of agriculture and those fund fall under a different interest rate uh, pricing as well that sometimes is a little more favorable because they are uh, government-backed products. I got you. So explain to us what mortgage insurance, how does that work? It's really an insurance policy that's going to benefit the bank. So if you as a borrower start to default on that mortgage, you don't pay back that debt as agreed, 
the bank has to foreclose on the house, they take a loss in that process, that insurance policy will help pay back the, the lender's loss. So not really a benefit to the consumer so much, it's protecting the, the, the lender's interest. And also too, it, it, the policy doesn't fulfill the, the loan that uh, that person or the client is de defaulted on. It's just a portion of the loan where that allows the lender to reclaim the property through legal fees. Uh, also too, if the property's been destroyed, he can fix it up a little bit. And then lastly, he could put it back on the market and sell it. So the policy is a very limited policy. I mean, he's not going to, the, the lender's not going to recoup all his money on that loan. He's just going to recoup a portion of it. But it again, like Nick said, it's a policy that prevents that person to walk away from that property. And mm -hmm. it's a give and take. You're putting a little bit of money down. So we're going to have to have, we're going to have to put this, uh, uh, MI or mortgage insurance policy on, on this loan. So it's, it's a good give and take. Okay, so not to be confused with casualty insurance where in the event of a flood or a fire, your, your home is covered. This just covers the mortgage. Correct. That other, that other insurance policy is a homeowner policy. And that policy, like you said, is uh, for uh, theft, it's for damage, it's for arson, it's for all those things that a homeowner policy will protect them from. Okay, great. Um, What's the difference, is, is there much of a difference between a 30-year mortgage and a 20-year mortgage, a 15-year, as far as the interest rates go? Yeah, you will have some pricing breaks. The shorter the mortgage term is, the lender's going to get paid back faster for that loan. So they'll give you a little bit of a break on, on the pricing. I got it figured out from your previous answer. It's the risk. It's the less <laughs> risk, less cost. There you go. That, that's that's kind of the name of the game. So yeah, in general, I'd say the difference between a 15-year and a 30-year, that's usually the biggest price difference. You'll maybe see a half a percent, so three quarters of a percent difference on their interest rate. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and if you... I always tell my clients, look into that 15 or 20 year mortgage if you can afford it. Yeah. Uh, and even if you go with a 30, you might want to pay an extra $100 a month and uh, pay that mortgage down quicker. And I tell the clients the same thing. Uh, if you have the ability to pay extra on a 30, then do so because it shortens the life of the, of the loan. But also too, a 30 year, when someone's deciding between a 30 or a 20 or even a 15, I always say, look, nobody knows what's gonna happen around the corner. So it's a lot easier for you to make that smaller payment on a 30 and then make payments as you go along to double the payments a year or whatever you wanna do, than have a, a 15 year mortgage and you have to make that payment every month there's no there's no leeway there mm -hmm. so again it all depends on the borrower's take on it but i always give them the option to see what it would be like if you had a 15-year pay, payment and a 30 where you could make payments at your leisure to pay down the loan quicker gotcha and, and that's another reason to work with a loan officer that's local someone you can sit down and talk with because you can get good counseling like that i agree i totally agree yeah because you're walking in the door and you're meeting them face to face um, and you're looking at their concerns. And I always tell my clients this, I look at your past, which is with your credit report. I look at your, your present, which basically means your needs right now. And I look in your future, basically tells me where you're gonna be. Are we gonna have children? Are we gonna have a family? Are we gonna, is this gonna be a retirement? Those are a lot of things we do as loan officers that when we get somebody in front of us, we wanna give them this information because if I was sitting there and I didn't have the knowledge that I have, I would want somebody to guide me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and when you see the husband and the wife there sitting together and maybe the husband's saying, yeah, yeah, we're, we can do this, 
you see the wife is scared or vice versa, then you know to continue the conversation. If you're doing this electronically because your office is back in Michigan, a little harder to do that. Yeah, I, I see a lot of them are just kind of order takers. They'll get, you ordered a 30-year mortgage, here's the order. I'm serving the order. And, and, you know, they don't go over the other options to show you, well, hey, here's what it could be if you, you know, maybe you wanted to put 20% down or 10% down or 5% down. So it's nice to sit down and kind of review different options and compare side by side and talk about, you know, what, what, what else is out there besides just, you know, the, the mainstream, you know, product that gets advertised. I like that. And I just got an, you just made me think of an analogy. If you go into certain restaurants, you have some uh, uh, order takers who, well, you can do it electronically. They hand you that little thing and here you just fill, you know, type in what you want. Or you have some servers that is, well, you know, here's our special today. Or, oh man, here's my favorite one. So it's that personal touch you get. Now, in this segment, we didn't have time to get to your forecast for um, what it's what are where are interest rates going to be on this day one year from now and so but you're gonna have to stay tuned after this commercial break to get the answer so here we go here's our first commercial break stay tuned to welcome home radio i'm proud of the house we built it's stronger than sticks stones and steel well welcome back to welcome home radio this is don scordino your host and we got a couple of characters in here today, a couple of loan officers, local ones, uh, with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. And that would be Nick Schneider and also Paul Salazar. The question I'm going to get to is where do you think interest rates will be one year from today? But before that, I want to ask, how do you know this stuff? Like, how long have you been in the business? What are the resources that Sierra Pacific Mortgage offers you so that you know uh, and you can best counsel with your client? Well, Sierra Pacific Mortgage is, is a nationwide company. It is a mortgage bank. The difference between some of these other lenders is we lend our own money out. We also have the ability to broker out for some of the other unique type of uh, or exotic type of loans that are out there. So we want to make sure that we're um, able to give the the borrower a lot of options. Now, being a nationwide company is that uh, we are on the cutting edge of technology. We're on the cutting edge of, of lending. Basically means that every program that's out there, let it be FHA or VA or conventional, Freddie or Fannie, uh, that we are there ahead of everyone else. We're the front runners. Yeah, Sierra's been doing this uh, a long time. I think we're 37 years in the business uh, company-wide. They've got about $14 billion in loan servicing that, that Sierra holds. Um, direct seller servicer with the government agencies, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Ginny Mae. Um, so they're about as close to the source of money as you can get uh, in, in this day and age. And so with that, um, we do get a lot of uh, leading technology and also leading uh, information that comes to us. Um, through our different sources. And so, you know, right now, interest rates have been kind of on a steady rise over the last 12 months, but almost all predictions from the Mortgage Bankers Association, even National Association of Realtors, um, people much smarter than, than me sitting here today, uh, kind of are all saying that we're probably going to see the rates peak here soon and, and start to fall. Um, you know, most predictions that came out are probably showing 2024 rates ended up uh, 
in the fives, around five and a half was the the prediction that just came out uh, from the Mortgage Bankers Association most recently. So I, I think we, we've seen the peak and hopefully you're going to see things start to, to settle down here in the near future. Okay. And I remember a ways back, a while back, let's say 10 years ago, rates started to fall. There was a rule of thumb, didn't always apply, but just a rule of thumb that said the your rate has to drop 2% before it makes it worthwhile to refinance. Um, I, I, I would like to let that rule of thumb stand pat. And what I mean by that is, is that yes, but it has to benefit the borrower. What I mean by that is we have rules and regulations. We just can't refi anybody just out of a drop of a hat. It has to make sense for them. Meaning that are we uh, taking the, the rate down by two points or 2%, uh, are we actually getting rid of the MI? Sometimes I like to do, I always tell my clients, I like to do, uh, throw two, two stones at, at a bird there, two, you know, two birds in a stone or whatever, is that we get rid of the MI and we lower the interest rate. Now, there's another need though. Some people need equity out of their property when, they, uh, when the rates are lower. Now that is, allows them to do that, but they may still have MI. So there's a lot of things that we do and everybody's custom. One loan does not fit everybody. So we look at everybody's unique situations and we give them scenarios that will benefit them. But if the rate comes down by you know two points or two, 2%, then absolutely, that's a great deal. But we have to look at the whole picture. Okay, so it could be less than that too? Absolutely. It just, uh, and who says that, that it has to benefit the borrower? Is that your licensing bureau or is that? Most, most of the government agencies, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, they have a net tangible benefit that you have to prove that you're meeting in order to, to successfully do a refinance. Some thresholds with most of those agencies are only half a percent to get a refinance through. Um, but I like your rule of thumb. Two percent obviously is a huge win. But I'd say these higher loan amounts, even one percent would, would benefit uh, a borrower. It's, it all depends on how much you're really dropping that monthly payment by. You usually want to refinance somebody enough to where the payment's going to drop enough to recoup the costs of the refinance in a short period of time. Uh, you know, then you ask the customer, how long are you going to stay in this house for, you know, is a number one question. You don't want to refinance and incur the cost of a refinance if you're going to turn around and sell in the next year or two. But if this is a long-term house and you're going to be in this mortgage for, for quite some time, you know, three, four, five years or more in the future, then oftentimes you can justify, you know, refinancing and dropping that monthly payment, knowing you're going to stay there long enough to, to reap the benefits of that lower, lower monthly payment and lower interest rate. So that's a conversation that you have with the borrower to find those benefits. That conversation is kind of hard to do if you're doing it electronically uh, with somebody back in... And I hate to pick on Michigan, but I mean, it's, it's a ways away from here. So yes. I'll pick on them. No, no, you're absolutely right. There are certain type of services that, that clients have to understand that you have to speak, meet somebody face to face, you know, and of course, everyone's in the digital world. Everybody wants to do this automotive and all this stuff, but there are certain things that you do in life that you have to meet that person in that was representing you or you're getting a loan from. You just have to do that. Yeah. And this is one of them. As a realtor, I feel kind of weird. Once in a while, I have a client says, no, I saw the pictures of the house online. It's like, no, we need to go see it. I know you got to drive all the way from Visalia, but you really need to come and see it. Uh, um, so I would imagine it's the same way. You, you want to know that you're helping these people. And uh, I want to add to something, too, because I saw this in Nick's 
face when he was saying it. Yeah, okay, who's, who says you have to find that benefit to the borrower? All right, maybe it's Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, but it's also your good conscience. Yes. And your accountability to your local community. Right. I, I tell you a quick story. I, now that you said the, the you're looking at the, when we got into business, the accountability, uh, I got the best piece of advice I got from somebody that told me that when you're doing a loan for somebody and you better be honest and you better be a right with that client because imagine that you're having a Thanksgiving dinner with them and they found out that you are taking advantage of them. How uncomfortable would you be eating that Thanksgiving dinner when they know that you did, you took advantage of them? So that's always been in my mind and my mindset that I want to have Thanksgiving dinner with these people and I don't want to have any problems. Yeah. Or how about if you just see them at the grocery store? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you, uh, I hate to give my sister any credit, but one of the best pieces of advice I've ever received in my life was from my sister who said, the best feeling in the world is to be able to go anywhere, anytime, see anybody and not have to hide. That's great. Great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually, that's such good advice. I actually (laughs) told her that you know, you finally said something good. <laughs> All right. So you think that one year from now, interest rates will be in the fives. I, I do agree with that. Yes. All right. Paul? I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. And the reason why is there's a lot of factors. Uh, there's a political factors. There's uh, uh, the time of, of the, 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 the rate increases and how they're looking at the uh, inflation. And that looks like it's all penciling and out that 2024, uh, you'll see the rates starting to come down. Yeah. Although I do want to caution people because I, I learned a lesson back in the early 90s. Uh, I had a loan officer friend who was saying, yeah, this is how I judge the market. He says, you watch the bond market, mm-hmm. the 10-year treasury bill, the the yen, the ruble, you know, I, it, and you, you can tell where it's going. So I was following his advice, and then I gave a client some advice. Not, don't lock in the rate, just float. Well, a couple of days later, uh, Operation Desert Storm started, and it was that was about oil, and that was about our economies, and interest rates went way up. And here, these people did not lock in their rate when they could have. So you and, and you I remember know. that loan yeah, officer yeah. looking at me saying, "Hey, I didn't know that was going to happen." Sure, right. Stuff happens. <laughs> Stuff happens. That's right. Hey, what's it, real quickly before we go to our break? What's the difference between floating and locking? Well, floating is you're riding the market. The market changes every day, just like the stock market, the bond market in this case, or mortgage-backed securities market is trading every day. So when you lock in a rate, the lender is basically promising you that price for a specified number of days. Usually a 30-day lock to get you through a 30-day escrow is the most common uh, interest rate lock that we do. Um, but if you're floating, then you're at the mercy of the market, for better or for worse. That could benefit you if the market improves, but it could also be to your detriment if, if rates go up during that And period. if you are floating, you should be in contact daily with your loan officer to find out how the market is doing, what he sees in trends. Normally, a three-day trend shows the prices are going up. We better lock or the prices are start, or the, the price is coming down, the rate's coming down. We might want to let it float a little bit longer. So those are things that you need to do if you're going to be floating. Keep in contact with your loan officer. 
and you can lock it when you're in escrow or before yeah, t- you- typically you're floating when you're shopping. So you, you do a pre-qualification and during well, that time where you're out looking at homes and you're not in escrow yet, you're, you're <clears throat> floating the market because you don't know yet what the loan amount's going to be, what the property address is, all the details. Um, but once you actually make that offer and that offer gets accepted, now we know this is the property, this is the loan amount, this is the purchase price. Now we have that data to be able to lock in the rate for that transaction. So typically we, we like to lock in our customers when they get that accepted offer. So it sounds to me a, a typical home buyer probably should lock in when, uh, when they can during when escrow starts. Yeah. If you're a stock trader or the Kentucky gambler, it's okay to float, right? Because <laughs> right. you're used to the tension. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Hey, when we get back from our next commercial break, let's get into MAP and DAP and POP. And that is all the down payment assistance programs that are out there. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. He poured this wisdom out. Said if you want my two cents on making a dollar count, buy dirt. Find one you can't live without. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio, we have Paul Salazar of Sierra Pacific Mortgage. In fact, uh, a manager now. Sales manager. Sales man. Okay. So we can't blame you for everything. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So if rates go up, you're not the guy to blame. No. But All when right. they come down, I'm the guy you want to give credit to. Ah, okay. <laughs> that sounds about right. And we have Nick Schneider of and you go by yosemite mortgage although it's actually a division of sierra yeah we have the yosemite mortgage branch in oakhurst and then sierra pacific mortgage uh, down here in fresno Mm -hmm. all right so i call it the alphabets alphabet soup all the acronyms out there for all the down payment assistance programs we have map and dap and chaffa um pop all these different acronyms so let's start off with right now i'll call it the talk of the town and that would be the town of fresno right map right tell us about it and i want to preface in the beginning before we start talking about these programs is that uh, as your lender and getting pre-qualified we want to make sure you understand that we are looking at every scenario possible when you bring your information to us as far as purchasing a home we will we'll, we'll know your needs so what those needs are then we can see if some of these programs will fit now map is a mortgage assistant program from the city of fresno it is a second and which is a 15-year forgivable second uh, you can get up to almost a hundred thousand dollars it's zero percent interest on it so it's a kind of like i said a silent second but if you decide to refinance before the term of 15 years it is not forgivable and you have to pay it back Wow. Okay. So that's huge. What that means is if your predictions are right and in a year rates come down, you want to refinance, you're going to lose that, that hundred thousand dollar grant. Correct. And it, it, it's no longer a grant. It's now a lien that has to be paid. Correct. So if you accept this hundred thousand dollars from the city of Fresno map, program mortgage assistance program correct okay um it comes with conditions right and and that's one you really have to look at or what if you got a young family and you're wanting to uh move up in five years well 
Now you got to pay that hundred thousand back. Right. Well, we assume that values will go up. You're making your payments uh, down, uh, so you could create a, a little bit equity position in there. And again, though, it's about the need of the present. And when you see that, then you're going to show them this is what's going to happen to you in the future if you decide to refinance before the 15 years. So a lot of people understand the give and take. And everybody knows in this life there is no free lunches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's the condition there. Now, I, I said that it, it's no longer a grant. It now becomes repayable. However, it's still 0% interest. Correct. Okay. Still, still better than having to write a check for that money out of your own pocket or to pay interest on it if you were to borrow it in, right. in your first mortgage. Yeah. But now if you refinance, you got to factor that in that, hey, now I'm going to be paying 5% interest on that 100000 rather than zero. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so all of a sudden, your 6% rate with zero, 100000 at zero actually... Looks pretty good. Blends better right. than, yeah. Right. And okay. again, these scenarios are run by every borrower that we give them the opportunity to see. With this program, this is what it's going to be. So they have a, a, better, a better aspect of what's happening with that loan. Now, the other thing with this is, you know, I always want to don't want to pick apart anything, but the one that Fresno is, it has a lower income uh, threshold. So um, it uh, the guidelines for the income is a little bit lower than most. So if you're making a little bit more money, you may not qualify for this program, but I'm gonna give this to Nick. There are other programs, if you're making a little bit more money, that they will help you. All right, Nick, he's giving you the ball <laughs> to right. run with it. The pressure's on me now. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I think the point being, you know, the common misconception out there is you need 20% down to buy a house, and that's just not the case. If it's a primary residence, uh, and you're going off the traditional guidelines, it, it's as little as 3% down with a conventional loan or 3.5% down if you're doing an FHA loan or zero down perhaps if you're a veteran and can qualify for a VA. Uh, USDA, Department of Agriculture, also offers a zero down program if you're buying in a rural uh, area outside of the city limits. Um, but one of the other down payment assistance programs that we can offer is through California Housing Finance Agency. They have a much higher income threshold that they allow for um, and they uh, offer what's called their My Home Assist program, which will give somebody up to 3% or 3.5% down, depending on if they're doing a conventional loan or FHA loan that can help with that, uh, meet the minimum down payment requirement for those loan programs. So when you say a much higher income threshold, how much are you talking? Isn't the, the MAP program somewhere around 63000 for family of four? Yeah, the MAP program, I believe, is around 65000 uh versus okay. the California Housing Finance Association. They'll, uh, they'll allow somebody to make up to $159,000 in, in a year to qualify for their down payment assistance program. All right. And I remember the look of disappointment on a guy, a client from a few years back, when he found out he made $10,000 a year too much to qualify for a program. And he was disappointed when I said, wait a minute. You can always go to your boss and give them the 10000 back, then you'll qualify. He looked at me like I was crazy. That's no, well, that's the point. Be happy you got that 10000 in salary. Sure. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's a continual thing. I want to go back and clarify on the map real quick um, that they will allow subordination on the first. So they will allow the first, if there's an interest rate decrease, on the first, they will allow them to go ahead, 
lower the first, get a refinance, and then they will subordinate and then come back on the property as a lien without any penalty. But wow. if you sell the property, then you have to pay it back within the 15 years. Okay. Well, that's huge. And, and thank you for uh, clarifying. clarifying that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my scenario was not accurate. Correct. Um, about blending those rates. So yeah. if you refinance, and I'll bet you you have to prove that there's a benefit to the borrower. We sure do. Yeah. Then you, by subordination, that means that that second loan, MAP loan, agrees to be subordinate or going second position behind the new first. Correct. Gotcha. All right. But if you sell it, nah, you got to pay it back. Within the 15 years, yes, you would have to pay that money back. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. So on what other down payment assistance programs are there? Well, you keep mentioning POP. So I, I guess gift funds would be <laughs> yeah. perhaps another one if the family is willing to step in. Um, but yeah, the most popular ones are uh, California Housing Finance Agency is the main one that, that we, we uh, tap into with their My Home Assist program. They also offer what's called a zero interest uh, program that can be paired with that to increase uh, the down payment assistance up to 5% uh, if, if needed. Um, but but bear in mind that the more down payment assistance we tap into, there are extra layers that we have to go through in underwriting, meaning um, some of these down payment assistance programs do have stricter debt to income ratio requirements uh, or credit score requirements that, that have to be met or the income limit, for example. So, uh, you know, it's not all one size fits all to, to get into these programs. We kind of have to analyze the borrowers and, and make sure that they're uh, they're able to fit in. Okay. And each loan has their conditions. The pop loan probably has the worst conditions. I can just see the, the father saying, yes, I'll give you the 20% down. However, you have to buy within 100 yards of our home <laughs> so that you could come and take care of us. So... I, I think that would probably be a deal breaker with some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you what advice would you give somebody that has the down payment they've got they've got the cash for the down payment the closing costs so they really don't need assistance but they say but i i, I want to take advantage of it i tell them this first of all again that when you go with the down payment assistance you're going to have some uh, some situations where you're not going to be able to do what you want with the property uh, as you would with you if you put the money down and it's your money uh, the other thing too the, about the restrictions is is that some people they don't understand that you can go ahead and uh, get the program qualify for the program get it but you're sometimes paying a higher interest rate when you bring your own money to the table then you might get a lower inch or you will get a lower interest rate because you're not dealing with a lot of uh, programs so again I tell people if you have the money and you've saved the money you might as well give it and put it down. It's your money, you're, you're creating equity anyway. So do, go ahead and do that and don't worry about those programs. All right, excellent. And that's good advice. And once again, that's advice you get by dealing with somebody locally, like, uh, like these two guys from Sierra Pacific Mortgage. With that, we are going to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Thank you. Take nothing but a memory from the house that built me. 
welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio, we have Paul Salazar, the sales manager with Sierra Pacific Mortgage, and Nick Schneider, uh, a, a loan loan rep. What what is your title? Uh, branch manager. Branch yeah. manager. Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, up in the Oakhurst area. Yes. Yeah. All right. Earlier in the show. And I think it was you, Nick, that mentioned something about servicing. So what, how is a lender a servicer or a originator or what, what are all these terms? Yeah, servicing means that lender stays on the mortgage statement. They're the one that's gonna help with the collection of the, the monthly payment, uh, handling the escrow account to pay the taxes and the insurance of that mortgage every year. And if there's a problem, that's who you call when you get your mortgage statement in the mail every month. So yeah, Paul and I actually show up on the mortgage statement each month with our contact information. If the customer has an issue, they can call us and we can uh, help chase down you know, any, any uh, concerns that come up during the life of that loan versus a mortgage broker or somebody else that might just sell that loan off and then they sell it to another lender who, who ends up uh, uh, taking that loan down the road. And I know sometimes I get phone calls from clients that get a little nervous here. Maybe they've had their, their home and their loan for a month. And all of a sudden they said, I've been sold to ABC mortgage. Can they change my payment? Can they change my rate? Uh, and that's who the servicing company is, right? Yeah, it's commonplace in the mortgage industry to, to have some lenders that are more focused on the payment collection side of the mortgage process versus the origination side of the mortgage process. So about 10 years ago, I got a loan through Sierra Pacific Mortgage, and I've been amazed that it's always, they, that's who I've always made the payment to. They never sold the loan to anybody. Now I don't feel so bad. See, for a long time, I just thought you guys couldn't sell it to anybody else. <laughs> it's like Scordino's loan, no way. We don't want it. But but it's because you guys do that also. You right. service. Well, I always tell my clients that the, the likelihood of us selling the loan is pretty low. But when, when we keep a loan, it's because you're a good egg. We like you. We wanted you to keep around. So, Don, you're a good egg, buddy. We wanted you around. We wanted you around. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you very much for that one. <laughs> Um, what do you tell a, a buyer, a potential home buyer when they come in, they've been renting forever and, but they're nervous about the market. How do you, how do they, what advice can you give them to help them determine when's the right time to buy and what are the benefits of home ownership? Well, numbers don't lie. And when we compare the money they're throwing away at rent and we see that they can possibly make the same monthly rent payment as they would with a mortgage payment or a little bit closer a little bit a little bit more maybe even a little bit less then then they, their eyes open up they realize i've been throwing this money away and i've been living next to a guy who's a drummer for the local band and you know or the kids don't like walking through this parking lot with all these cars racing through in these apartment complexes so they realize that you know what we need to buy and we need to buy now and that's, that's what we do at Sierra Pacific Mortgage. We give these people the opportunities to know how and what they do, or what they need to do to get into a home. And if it's now that they're ready or in a month or six months, at least we give them a game plan that will allow them to be get home ownership. All right. You, you like that term I used, a game plan. I'm, re I'm ready, coach. I'm there ready. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, it's coming up with a strategy. How are we going to do this? So what advice do you give, Nick? 
Yeah, I think knowledge is power. And I, and I think uh, understanding how the process works, how they can qualify, looking at their finances, analyzing their income, what expenses are going out, what's available for maybe a down payment. Uh, you know, once that all comes together, you know, it, it, we're none of us are stockbrokers. We're not trying to time the market perfectly. It's when's the right time for the customer that when do they feel that they can take on the responsibility of being a homeowner. And if they've been working the same job for some time and they know they're going to be part of this community for some time in the future and they're comfortable knowing that, you know, they can buy a house and it's going to be a long term investment that they're ready for. And then that's that's the time for them to to, to get in. Um, you know, I know rates are changing and yeah, we might think that the rates might come down next year, but at the same time, home prices really aren't, they, they've been pretty stable and if not still increasing. So mm -hmm. I, I think if they can get in and get, get into their home now, I, I think it's still a, a good time when it's right for the customer. I almost think it's ironic that the reason that the feds wanted to raise the interest rates was to slow down home prices, but they really, it didn't happen even as fast as they raised them. What they did is they cut down the number of transactions happening, but um, home prices have held steady, which tells me that homes have value. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think back to 2019, I had a couple of clients that said, you know, I'm going to time the market. They didn't use these words, but they were going to time the market. They were going to wait it all went downhill and they were going to buy at the bottom of the market well four years later uh they're probably kicking themselves like uh i really should have just bought then and waited until the right time to sell and, and make if they were doing it for the money and, and something to remember too nobody rings a bell at the top of the market or the bottom of the market and the great thing is these, this is not a, just an investment. It's not stocks. It's something you can live in and use, have your kids run around and have fun there, invite their cousins over. So um, that, that's what the home is really all about. Well, and that's the pride of ownership. You're absolutely correct. Um, when you can come home to your own home, remodel it any way you want to remodel it, have parties, live in a school district that you're proud that your kids are going to. That's the deal about home ownership, having a wonderful neighborhood, living in a wonderful neighborhood. Uh, that's why when you come to Sierra Pacific Mortgage and you get pre-qualified, you you're going to know that now's the time to buy mm -hmm. or it's a time to wait for you, but we're going to let you know what you need to know. And I like that about being pre-qualified and how you went on to say you're going to know. That's why you want to get pre-qualified, so you know what you can do. And um, but that, that's really important. And what I'll tag on to that is sometimes it's not the time to buy. You know, a lot of my customers that come in, maybe they're not ready. Maybe it's they've got some credit issues to work through or they you need to save some more money to, to feel more comfortable in their finances. Or maybe they need to pay down some debt to get the debt to income ratio right sized. And me and Paul will also work with them on that side of it too. You know, we're not going anywhere. We're still going to be here a year down the road, five years down the road. And, and so, yeah, with a lot of our clients, we put on a, an action plan of what they need to do over the next six months or 12 months to get them in the position where it is the right time for them. So you're helping to create a strategy or Absolutely. a game plan, even though they're not ready now. So maybe you don't tell somebody that comes in for a pre-approval, no, you don't qualify. You're going to say, not yet got to do this this and this yes you will be after you do these things right. <laughs> that's the optimistic way to look at it nobody wants to hear the word no and we never say no because literally 
anyone can afford a house. It's how much house they can afford. That's the issue. So then we could say, listen, if you do this, like Nick said, or you do that, we get your credit cleaned up, you save a little more money. Now this is how much house you can afford. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a great uh, eye-opener for people to say, really? Well, yeah. And I tell them everyone has a rice and beans moment, a top ramen moment, uh, uh, you know, uh, a bologna sandwich moment. But you're only going to uh, sacrifice for a little bit of time to get the dream house you want. Mm-hmm. All right. And then that sets you up for the future. And you know what? The, uh, the best form of rent control is a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. I mean, how do you, what's your, if you're renting right now, paying $2,000 a month, what's your rent going to be in the year 2040, even 2030? You don't know. Yeah. But with a fixed rate mortgage, you do know. So you can plan for it. Okay. Um, Nick, I'd like to ask you, what do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show? That we're here to help you. Uh, knowledge is power. I think you get in, get your finances in order, uh, meet with a mortgage consultant, and, and determine what is in your budget, what, what steps you need to take to get into home ownership. Uh, my dad used to tell me they're not making any more real estate. You know, so it, the sooner you can get in, get a piece of dirt that's yours, uh, get a home that's yours. Uh, it just presents uh, a great situation to build a family and create stability for for your life. And I think that's the goal that that we all want to try to to achieve. How long does a typical pre-approval process work so if somebody comes into you today if we can make an appointment i'd say less than an hour if you're sitting together with us mm-hmm. and we have the right paperwork usually we have to do collect uh you know pay stubs tax returns bank statements and run a credit report on the cons- customer um, but if we've got all that stuff together i'd say less than an hour of a sit down we can go through all the the motions and determine what options are available okay paul salazar how about you what what do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show get in the light you've been living in the dark not knowing where you are in life about buying a home get to the light get pre-qualified get a game plan that's the number one thing you need to do because then everything else works itself the dominoes will fall after that once you know where you're at once you know what you have to do once we know all the bumps and uglies then we can move forward and I tell people this every day, when you know, when you get into the light, you're gonna find out how fast things are gonna go after that. You threw me for a loop there, Paul. I really thought when you said, get into the light, get out of the dark, I thought you were gonna say, become a Dodger fan, not a Giant fan. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> All right, uh, 30 seconds or less before the end of the show. Nick, what's your best real estate advice? Get in and stay in. You know, I think it's a great, great to become an owner. All right. Thank you. Paul Salazar, what do you think? I, I guess the best is uh, to don't wait. Buy now. Don't wait. Buy now. Because you could always refinance down the road. There you go. Well, and best real estate I can give to people is tune in every Saturday morning to Welcome Home Radio for all this great advice, tips, and knowledge. Um, So I want to thank our listeners, and I want to thank you two for coming in this morning. And we'll be back again next week. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.